Hello Rebels, today I'm going to take you back to Australia. There's so much news in that place. I'm going to show you a shocking video interview of a woman who was put in a COVID detention camp against her will, even though she had no virus, she didn't test positive, she just was associated with someone who was no hearing, no trial, no appeal, just told pack your bags and go or there's a $5,000 fine if you delay. Just a shocking, shocking story. I'll take you through it. I still can't believe it. Hey, by the way, before we get to that, I really want to invite you to become a subscriber to the video version of this podcast. I just want to show you, there's this key video that she filmed from the detention camp. I just really, really want you to see it with your eyes. You'll, you'll hear it, obviously, with your ears on the podcast, but I, I, you know, your imagination won't do it justice. Please consider subscribing. Go to rebelnewsplus.com, get the video version of this show. You'll also get other shows, weekly shows from Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados. Um, and also, the eight bucks a month, I think that's pretty cheap, half the price of Netflix. That, um, that supports us keeps us independent, so please consider it. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, I'm sorry to tell you, but Australia is at it again. It's December 3rd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I'm so glad I visited Australia in the before times. I don't think I would do very well there now. New Zealand's worse. I wonder if that's because they're so far away from everywhere else that other countries, other people don't take it personally when they start to fall into fascism. I mean, I think people in Vancouver really care about people in Seattle. People in Calgary care about Houston, Dallas, Denver. Winnipeg and Minneapolis, Toronto and Montreal and Halifax have a connection to New York and Boston because they're neighbors across a high fence sometimes, but there's an affinity, isn't there? Who amongst us feels that closeness to Sydney or Melbourne, let alone the sparse Northern Territory of Australia? There's no buddy system in effect, I mean. There's not enough intercourse with the rest of the free world. Here's a new story. Don't know if you saw this one. <laughs> I mean, communist China just slides right in there. They've adopted the premier of the state of Victoria, Dan Andrews. He loves them. They love him. He copies them. Here's another story from New Zealand. The monstrous socialist prime minister there, Jacinda Ardern. There are lots of third world colonies of China these days. It's just sad to see a former ally like New Zealand in that list too. Um, it's ideology, it's also cash, it's also that we're not paying attention. So that's one explanation I have for why Australia and New Zealand have had some of the most shocking lockdowns in the free world. I could be wrong, and I don't, I guess I shouldn't throw stones, I mean, uh, here in Montreal, a city of millions in Canada, uh, literally they had a nighttime curfew for months on end like it was a city of teenage girls, not a city of free citizens. So 
I guess who are we as Canadians to throw stones? But it's my theory. Australia was hanging out with the wrong crowd. That's my theory. Austria and Germany, well, I guess their excuse is far darker. Today, I want to show you two videos from Australia. The first one is troubling because it shows police abusing a young girl, obviously, who had done nothing wrong. It's powerful because the amassed crowd chants shame at the police, which is interesting, and because the police so obviously don't care. That's the thing. When police don't care about having the consent of the public or having the trust and support of the public, when they are numb to it or actually have taught themselves to despise the public, you're hurtling towards a police state in a dangerous way. I think that a policeman who enforces lockdowns or masks or vaccine checks in 2022, which is just four weeks away, would be unrecognizable to police to themselves back in 2019. I mean, what's this? Are you just fine with that? That was in the Western uh, University of Western Ontario. The, uh, the answer is everyone in that class was fine with that. The professor was fine with that. The police were fine with that. Everyone was fine with that in Canada. Here's the scene I mean. This is from Down Under. This is a video that Avi did. Take a look. You guys have your job and you're arresting kids? Are you kidding me? What's happening? I'm fucking some little girl, these fucking heroes. My mate, we're sitting on top of the bus stop and then they're like, get down, we get down, say, yeah, we'll do that, fine. Three of the cops start grabbing and groping my mate, saying she's arrested. There's two little girls just sitting up on the bus stop. The cops come along, they hop down, and then they decided to bust the crap out of them. One of our cameras actually captured the moment where the young lady was walking around looking for her friend that was just arrested. You could clearly see her looking around trying to find her friend. And a cop goes full bang. He shoves me on the floor and no one, no one will ever hold him accountable. There's something inhuman about big burly men with body armor and guns beating up a smaller unarmed innocent girl. It's uncivilized, it's brutal, it's antisocial. It feels taboo on a deep genetic level. Um, that happens a lot these days in Australia. Uh, police knocked down a grandma in her 70s and that wasn't enough. They gave her a good pepper spray in the face just to show her Australia's finest, eh? I've seen a lot of that over these past two years. How many videos have you seen of beta males, compliant progressive men, hounding a lone woman in a grocery store for not wearing a mask? They would never do it if she was with a man. I mean, there are four possible permutations for, for a scolding. A woman could scold a man. A woman could scold a woman. A man could scold a man or a man could scold a woman. There's four possibilities, right? 90% of the videos I've seen are men male feminists scolding women and never if there's another guy around they wouldn't dare that's my observation there's something deeper going on there 
when men pick on women? I, I think so. I've told you before that our company has changed over the past two years. Our, our staff has changed a bit, our allies, our audience, our donors, a bit, not totally, a bit. Um, we're much more female, twice as much according to Google Analytics in terms of our viewership. People who probably wouldn't have thought of themselves as rebel news fans before the pandemic. Lots of moms worried about their children, lots of young women worried about their own ability to have kids, lots of nurses and teachers about to be fired and finding no help from the men who said that they would help. I put it to you that it is a measurement of the evil of the regime that so many of its personal targets are women and gratuitously so. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that, you tell me. Am I being sexist? So let me show you a video from a British website called Unheard, spelled H-E-R-D, like a, like a herd of cattle, Unheard. That's a great name, isn't it? They're contrarian, they're dissident, sort of like the word rebel. So they interviewed a woman who was put into one of Australia's COVID detention camps. It's a long interview, it's 20 minutes. I encourage you to find it and watch it in full. It's excellent. Let me show you three full minutes. Again, watch the whole thing yourself from Unheard on YouTube. They did a great job. Uh, watch these three minutes. Yeah, so tell um, us about what we're about to see here. So this is, these are the officials inside the camp who are disciplining you because you were apparently not being contained within your area. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So I went to the bin to put something in the bin that I was not wearing a mask. Mind you, I actually have an exemption. I don't need to wear a mask. I have yeah, a medical condition. Um, and the person that came to hand me the notice was another police officer. So, so what's, what's the go? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand above and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah. And you definitely can't go up the fencing route. So you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's what's obvious, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... Have to make sense. So always, there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense, where it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. What is show direction. There's a law that says show that. Show direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious and likely to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So, so far, the risk is still very high, yeah? Yeah. Just while you're here, can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a $5,000 fine. We don't want to do that. It's a $5,000 fine $5, if what? If, if you breach again. If if I walk out onto that path. Without your mask on, for no reason other than the laundry. If I cross that yellow line. Saying that you've broken the rule. That I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a $5,000 fine. That's correct. Right. Okay. I could have, we could even do that now, but we're giving the warning first. Have a chat with you because it's a big fine. Rather just do the right thing, yeah? Like I said, I'm not here to fight with you. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. Yeah. I just want everybody to do the right thing, and unfortunately, it's my job to make sure they do. I don't care the ins and outs. I've got nothing to do with me. I'm just here to make sure the rules are here, yeah? So what did that experience make you think? Like, what, what was your feeling about 
being in that situation with those people in control of your every movement? Oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison. You feel like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane what they're doing. Like you, you are so small. You, they just overpower you and you're literally nothing. It's like you do what we say or you're in trouble. We'll lock you up for longer. Yeah, they were even threatening me that if I was to do this again, we will extend your time in here. So the, the officers within the camp have the power to keep you there longer if you misbehave. That's what they were saying, yep. And at one stage, is it true that they offered you Valium? Yeah, so because I was so distressed and I said, can you just please let me out for a walk or a run? Like I'm in this little box and I can't move. Can I please, I'm, you know, I'm anxious, I'm feeling not well, just I need to get out. And they literally said, we've got a doctor calling you and we'll get some Valium prescribed to you that you can call us anytime you like and you can have Valium. Wow, the one thing... I didn't tell you is, uh, and maybe you heard her say it at the beginning, this woman is not sick. She doesn't have COVID. You, you heard her say that, but she was arrested and sent to this jail because a friend of hers was sick. So she was traced as a contact because the police ran her license plate or something. So police showed up at her door. First, they sent undercover cops, then uniformed cops, and said she had to go to this camp or get a $5,000 fine uh, even though she's not sick, she had to leave her home um, and go to this camp, and, and they wouldn't give her a test to prove she wasn't sick. It was straight to this camp. And the petty rules there, cross that line and it's legal, go a few feet that way and it's illegal, but they can do it. What, what, what are you going to do if I cross that line? Are you going to jail me? I'm already in jail. Well, apparently, apparently they can extend the jailing for a political offense like putting your toe across a yellow line. But that's not health anymore, folks. They, but, you know, don't worry about it. They're all just doing the right thing. You heard that guy? Uh, I'm just doing the right thing if he does say so himself. No exercise is allowed. Even prisons allow exercise. A guy like me doesn't do a lot of exercise, but normal people do. Cooped up in that house, that little hut for two weeks. Hmm. I tweeted a two-minute clip of that video. So, so what's, what's the guy? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand about and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, right, yeah. You definitely can't go up the fence anywhere else. But you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's what's obvious, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... Sense. So there's, we always, there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense, where it doesn't seem right to, that is the line, and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. What is show direction? There's a law that says show that. Show direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious and likely to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So, so far, the risk is still very high, yeah? yeah. Just while you're here, can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a $5,000 fine. We don't want to do that. It's a $5,000 fine $5, if what? If, if, if you breach again. If if I walk out onto that path. Without your mask on, for no reason, I'm going to If I cross that yellow line. Saying that you've broken the rule. That I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a $5,000 fine. That's correct. Right. 
I could have, we could even do that now, but we're giving the warning first. Have a chat with you because it's a big fine. Rather just do the right thing, yeah? Like I said, I'm not here to fight with you. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. Yeah. I just want everybody to do the right thing, and unfortunately, it's my job to make sure they do. I don't care. The ins and outs. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm just here to make sure the rules are here. Yeah? I said it's jarring to hear fascism in an Aussie accent. In the movies, they always had a German accent. Last I checked, that tweet actually had more than one million impressions online. I, I saw U.S. congressman retweet it. I think it's true. When you see friendly Aussies in the sunshine, uh, you don't think fascists, right? You think, oh, there's just some bureaucratic thing going on just like we have here. And it's also polite and it's in color, not grainy black and white like all fascists we've seen before in the movies. I find that video pretty shocking. Uh, we have some friends in Australia, uh, the best Australian journalist, Avi Amini, fighting like hell every day in Melbourne. Um, police have arrested him at least five times. We always have his back. I think he's doing great. But we have some former journalists down there too. I don't know if you remember. Um, the brilliant and beautiful Claire Lehman. Remember her? Uh, she worked for us for a while before leaving us to do her own thing full time. Uh, I still follow her on Twitter. She publishes Quillette, which is interesting. It's an interesting, thoughtful, intellectual journal. But I don't know, maybe she got tired of being an outsider, tired of fighting the power. She wanted to join the herd, not be unheard. So she's been very pro-lockdown, which has confused me ideologically. But I like Claire. I don't agree with her on everything, of course. No two people do. She was mad that people were criticizing these camps, people from outside Australia. She said they're not bad at all. She tweeted this the other day. Laugh out loud, just discovered that there's a Howard Springs hashtag on Instagram and it's full of hot babes posing at what Tim Cass calls a concentration camp. And they, they are sexy pictures for sure. Uh, and uh, she says it might be pleasant with air conditioning, nice food and free Wi-Fi. You might not be forced to go there, just given the option if you can't isolate at home. You might be able to drink beer and watch Netflix for two weeks while getting paid by the government. But did you know it's literally Auschwitz? She's responding to some American critics. Well, I don't think they're literally Auschwitz because Auschwitz was a death camp, um, more than just a concentration camp. But detention of healthy people in a camp away from home with abusive conditions and bizarre, unintelligible bullying rules, uh, I, I think we can certainly call it a prison, uh, even if it is sunnier than it was in Poland and Germany. And uh, unlike Claire's tweet, it, it wasn't a matter of choice for that young lady we saw being interviewed by unheard, she was forced to go there. Now, Claire was defending Australia's honor, I think, and that's admirable. She was defending thoughtful, humane health policy. I think that's what she was meaning to do. She tweeted this to, to mock excitable Americans about to go for a run in the glorious Australian sunshine. She was showing that she was fine with everything, but of course, the woman in the camp wasn't allowed to go for a run in the glorious sunshine, was she? Oh, but she could get all the Valium she wanted to cope for two weeks or four weeks if she crossed some yellow line or whatever it would be if she complained. She was healthy the whole time. Let me just repeat that. Uh, that woman in the video was, was never sick at all. I'm not sure why was she sent to that camp. It wasn't a choice. I think that Claire Lehman, uh, I think what she said was understandable. Here's my attempt to understand it. Because if you had massive 2,000-person detention centers in your country, 
where healthy people were being sent. After no legal process, there was no trial or sentence. This woman was told, get in the car, grab your stuff and get in the car. There's no appeal. There's no explanation. There's no clear rules. If you knew that, you'd have a personal moral crisis on your hands. You'd, you'd have to find a way of finessing it, of making it square with your lifelong identity as a, as a person, as a citizen in a free country. Could you explain it away? Could you sweep it under the rug? Could you rationalize it? Could you still laugh at Americans for being so obsessed with civil liberties? Could you still take pride that your own country was in the first rank of liberal democratic civilization? And now that we've all had a good laugh at, at Claire, how are you feeling about Canada's place amongst the free nations of the world? Stay with us for more from Roxham Road. We will have another like illegal entrance here in Canada we we'll see what happened. Pardon, monsieur, vous arrivez de où? Vous arrivez de où, monsieur? Est-ce qu'on vous a demandé euh, un test négatif ou euh, preuve de vaccination? Pourquoi vous n'utilisez pas la, la, la fonction légale de rentrer au Canada? Pardon, vous êtes de quel pays? Vous venez de où? So you just saw a taxi driver just let a family, Ill immigrant, illegal immigrant, come in and they cross the border. Oh yeah, the police say that um, they will arrest them because they will enter illegally in Canada. There you have it, our Alexa Lavoie at Roxham Road. You are not allowed to fly in or out of an airport without not only a PCR test, but a vaccination. Millions of Canadians are banned from planes and trains and ships. We're under strict quarantines and lockdowns, but illegal immigrants deliberately going through a fake, non-proper border crossing trafficked by taxi companies in New York State who know exactly what they're doing. And the police don't turn them away. They escort them in like a concierge. The only thing I can say is that at least unlike the last time I saw it, the police weren't the luggage boys themselves. Joining us now via Skype is our Quebec reporter, Alexa Lavoie, to tell us how it went. Alexa, great to see you again. Great to see you too. I... Um, I do not like this Roxham Road illegal crossing because the very first act of these people in Canada is a law-breaking act. Just down mm -hmm. the road is a proper port of entry where if they really are refugees, they can make their case and be processed. I don't believe anyone from New York State is a refugee by definition. In New York State, they're not suffering a threat based on race or religion. They're not in imminent danger. If you got yourself to New York, you're pretty much safe. So I, I think in two ways, they're lawbreakers. They're fake refugees coming through a fake border crossing, but they got the royal treatment, didn't they? Yeah. So it, they were prepared when what I saw so far, when they came to the border, um, the police stopped them right away, say, if you cross, you will enter illegally in Canada, you will be arrested. And they are 
all saying the same thing. I want asylum, but and and they they get trained to go there because at one point they they are there they hesitate and they go and they say okay that's my choice and I I decide to cross illegally and I was like they know they know that they we would take care of them we were not like sending them like to US because we have like uh, the new law between uh, um, the the tier. Uh, uh, the law that protect the the immigrant for not being deported. Yeah, well, they know that they'll never be sent home, and that they'll have luxurious welfare and and free health care, no matter where they came from. Did any of uh, how many people did you see crossing the day you were there? We saw one family. Um, were there others that crossed as well? Yeah, yeah. The, another woman who came uh, with a, um, a taxi, but the taxi let her. A little bit down to the street so she came by walk and we saw the the taxi like turn around so we know that you have like a company of taxi that bring them like at this border so I don't know if the tech the company of the taxi know that they are cooperate to bring a illegal immigrant to cross between US and Canada but I saw so far like a, a woman and a, a whole family but most of the time I was trying to get through the camp, um, refugee uh, quarantine camp. <laughs> mm. Well, let's sh see that, Nathan. We know that they have not actually stopped people for five years. So the fact that you were there for, I guess, a number of hours and you saw multiple people coming, we can only guess how many are coming through. Of course, those taxis know what they're doing. Of course, it's all a network. I use the word trafficking. It's an odd thing to say people trafficking in the United States and Canada, but that's true. Now, you mentioned that you tried to follow these illegal migrants once they uh, crossed the border. Let's take a look at that and see um, if you were accorded the same friendly treatment by authorities as these law-breaking fake refugees were. Let's take a look. Pardon, je voulais juste savoir, est-ce que... Est-ce qu'ils vous demandent de faire des tests PCR? Est-ce que vous êtes euh, doublement vacciné? De où provenez-vous? Je fais juste faire, faire ma job. Puis on est du, du côté du Québec. Vous pouvez parler français, hein? So, they said I'm a, in a private property, so I should, like, leave. But the thing is, we just see so, some people coming in into, like, the car. Je me demandais combien il y a du monde qui passe par jour, monsieur. Vous allez voir, on donne aucune information. Si vous voulez appeler communication de la GRC, appelez-la à Montréal. Je peux vous donner le numéro si vous voulez. Oui, ça serait possible. Mais euh, ce que je comprends pas, c'est pour, pourquoi que vous laissez rentrer autant d'immigrants illégaux. So it was private property that you had to get off, but apparently not private property that people coming from New York State uh, as, a, as a stepping stone from where, yeah. who, who knows where they're from. So they're fine, but you, a law-abiding citizen and a journalist, you had to get off. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's quite something. Uh, it looked like they were busy, though. It looked like there were a lot of RCMP, a lot of police yeah. there. I don't know if they were RCMP or local police. Um, they were speaking French, obviously, it was in Quebec. Um, it, were they busy? Did you sense that there were a, a, a lot of people? I saw a lot of trucks there. Looked like 
they're they're doing a, a pretty brisk business. I saw um, a lot of um, that their bus truck going back back and forth from um, the Saint Bernard Hotel and the quarantine camp. Uh, I saw them passing like a couple of times, and um, as well. You have paper on the window everywhere, and same like the only window where not paper on it. I tried to film, and afterwards they put paper on it. So um, oh. I was not allowed to check inside what's going on there. Hmm. Well, the way you talk about vehicles coming and going, it's almost like a hotel shuttle bus, uh, yeah. except for it's for foreign illegals, and we're paying for it. We have a couple yeah. more clips. You tried to talk to other officials, and... Um, they weren't as forthcoming as we would have hoped here. We'll show a clip of that. Oui, oui, non, mais ce que je, nous, on essaye juste de comprendre, là, qu'est-ce qui se passe ici, c'est tout, là. Ouais, mais là, on a une conversation, et je, 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 je vais quitter, mais on avait une conversation quand même. Pardon? Je sais, mais j'ai en train d'avoir une conversation, inquiétez-vous pas. Non, c'est interdit. Je, je suis interdit d'avoir une conversation? Pourquoi? Mais, mais je comprends pas, c'est interdit d'avoir une conversation. Qu'est-ce que vous avez à cacher, monsieur, pour pas que j'aille droit aux conversations? Have you seen that? He said that I'm not permitted to have like a conversation with this man. But this man can actually choose for himself, like if he wants to have a conversation with me or not. Have you seen how rude it is? You know what? <laughs> what I can't get over, Alexa, I mean, your conversation was illuminating, but that was a, I'm going to guess, uh, an eight foot high gate and a 10 foot high fence. A, yes. uh, I mean, you could not get through there easily. They had concrete blocks, 10 foot yes. high chain link fence. Yes. Um, they were they were saying private property. It's forbidden a fence. I wonder why they can't build a 10 foot high fence on that border crossing. It's just that one Roxham Road border crossing. Why don't they take this fence and put it there? Yeah, but yeah, that's a good point. But the thing it's that you cannot see on the, the video, but all the pavement, all around, same in another parking down there and on the side and everywhere, everywhere we try to stop, it was private property. So we are, we are not allowed, same if it was like uh, 500 meters away, they were like, no, that's private property. I was like, where is the end of your property? I don't understand, like, that's, that's, that's huge. <laughs> well, by the way, it, they may not be telling the truth. So, so for example, when that one man says, you have to stand on the pavement, and I see he was talking about the highway, He's not a lawyer. He's not a judge. I don't mm -hmm. know if that man was a police officer. From what I know about roads, there's the road and then there's the land just offside the road. I think it's called an easement or, or uh, there, there is certain land next to a road that is still public property. I, I think that I'm, I'm proud of you for showing such courage uh, and, and not uh, being afraid to challenge these people. But my advice to, to journalists, our journalists and any other journalists is just because someone says, don't talk to me, stop filming, move away, go on the pavement, it doesn't mean it's the law. Now, you don't want to get arrested and you don't want to genuinely trespass. But when that guy says you have to stand on the highway, that's not the law. 
Now, I mm -hmm. understand that you were in your vehicle with our camera team. And by the way, I want to salute you for doing this kind of journalism. It's wonderful. Um, Thank you. I understand that a policeman did, in fact, pull you over. And, and we've got a clip of that I'd like to show. And I'd like to ask you what happened. Let's take a look. Okay, so so the, uh, what did he say and how, what did he tell you to do? Uh, how did that end? Were you ticketed or fined or, or given any direction by that man? Who was he? So he pulled us because he'd been called by the... Um, the quarantine camp uh, security, they called the police against us that we were around. So he pulled us out. The, the police was nice, but he asked us for all our ID. I said, no, should I, do I did something wrong? Do I, I did the infraction? He said, no. So I said, you don't need my ID and you don't need the ID of anybody. Just a driver if you have the, uh, a check, but you're not allowed to ask me my ID. I didn't do anything wrong. So at the end, he let me um, like the right that I, I don't need to show my paper. But after, afterwards, because he was asking all the questions like, are you going to go back to the, the place? Are you going to do, go there or there? Are you going to stay? Uh, how long you uh, you want to be staying around? I was like, that's a lot of questions. And he said to me, um, you feel anxious. Why are you anxious? Are you something like, and he was always saying that I look anxious. I was like, I'm not anxious, but why are you asking all these questions if we have nothing to go against us? Alexa, you know, I just, a moment ago, I was saying don't yield, um, don't necessarily cave in to someone in wearing a uniform and saying something. Uh, you were in the passenger seat, and you're right, when a car, when a vehicle is pulled over, there is a presumption that the driver should show license and registration. That's true. But for a policeman to ask for the ID of anyone else in that car is outrageous and inappropriate and a form mm -hmm. of intimidation, obviously an attempt at intimidation. And, I, and I'm very proud of you for saying that's none of your business, you do not have that right. And I wanna tell you, I think most people would be intimidated or sort of pressured into doing it, good for you. And for him to ask you irrelevant questions that have nothing to do with the suspicion of an offense. Are you anxious? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Um, hey, tell you what, buddy, you can watch the show when it's done on TV because <laughs> you have no right to ask any of those questions of a journalist. I, I, I am very pleased with your instincts to be polite. You're a very polite lady, but not to give up your freedom or your rights. And I think you did a great job. I'm very excited about this journalism. Frankly, I hope you go back to Roxham Road again yeah. and, and do the story again. Because obviously, for five years now, actually it's coming up almost on six years, because it was January 2016 that Roxham Road was sort of blown open. It'll be six years next month. 
and probably 100,000 people have passed through there and it looks like it's ramping up and that's bad in the best of times, but you and I can't travel freely in our own country. I think it's an extra layer. Let me ask you this. Did you see any other journalists there when you were there? No, but people were telling me that a lot like a lot of journalists uh, come around, but they probably don't go deeper as we did. So usually they just stand their camera, just show that I am in Roxanne Road and yeah. I do my speech and they, they wrap around everything up and they leave. Yeah. So it's why they are not bothered by, but me, I wanted to go and see inside of the window. I wanted to, to see what's going on because we don't know the real truth. We, we just know that, yeah, some people go in, but people do know that we pay for it and they have more right than us right now. Well, so. I tell you, it's excellent journalism, on-the-ground journalism. Um, it's exactly what Rebel News was built to do. And you are uniquely equipped to do it because you are a Quebecer yourself. You speak English and French um, and you ha you're brave. I won't lie. When a cop comes over and says, show me your ID, and you say no, that, I don't think one in 10 people would have that kind of courage. So I salute you, my friend. I thank you for this thank great you. journalism. And I can hardly wait to see the reaction to your full video. So uh, thank thanks you. again, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. There you have it. Alexa Lavoie, just outstanding. Great journalism on the ground in Roxham Road. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back. Mary 2023 says that is a total lie that you can still be contagious up to 90 days. No virus, including the cold and flu viruses, are contagious after 14 days. This is a ploy to keep her out of attending legislature because she won't disclose her medical info. Well, you know what no one ever did? No one ever stopped to say, what's your scientific basis for that? Can you show me a study? We found out later from Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner, who's now on the directors, uh, the board of directors of Pfizer, that the whole six feet of separation thing, no one could find out where that came from. There's no study. There was no basis for that. Someone just said it and it became the truth and it became part of laws. I've seen cases where there, there were officials with measuring tapes and because someone was like five feet, six inches away, they were charged. This whole you know, six feet thing was invented out of whole cloth. That's not me saying that, that's a former commissioner of the FDA saying that. So this 90 day thing and, you know, I mean, it's all, we're still so gullible, we're just taking these things without proof. Richard Blignan says, time to watch Casablanca again. Yeah, I mean, but why bother? It, you could just look out your window and get the real thing in color. For the Gospel says, unfortunately, this time around, it's not just Germany. This time around, Germany has plenty of allies. The so-called allied countries of World War II are now Germany allies during this generation's government overreach nightmare. You know who's the leader of the free world right now? His name is Ron DeSantis. That's a fact. Folks, I'm going to end with uh, what I call the video of the day. I wish you a great weekend and tell you to keep fighting for freedom. But check this out. The city of Toronto, a worker forced to get vaxxed. Just one vignette amongst hundreds of thousands. Good night. Keep fighting for freedom.
Effective October 30th, it will be mandatory for all City of Toronto employees to have received both doses of a COVID-19 vaccine. This gives people the required time to get the two doses. This is about ensuring that the City of Toronto, your municipal government, funded with your tax dollars, which serves you, is doing everything it can to encourage vaccination and to protect our workers. So it's my fifth year working for the City Parks and Forestry Department. Right now I'm a custodian here at Palmo Park Community Centre. I am by myself. I come, open it up, sit here by myself all day, do a bit of cleaning, close up and leave. I don't see anybody. So the suspension process has started, been locked out of my work, six weeks to become fully vaccinated, which I will not comply. We're going to see what happens because after that six weeks, I've officially lost my job. Lincoln J for Rebel News here in Toronto. Now, here we are, December of 2021, and people from all different sectors of work are being put out of a job for not disclosing their vaccination status. The whole thing is mind-boggling, but what's even more unbelievable is that a lot of these people who are now being let go are the same people who worked without second thought while we are in a complete lockdown. Today, I'll be sharing with you the story of one of those individuals. Curtis Wilson has worked for the City of Toronto's Park and Forestry Department for the last five years, but is now being placed on suspension without pay for not disclosing his vaccination status. Real quick, guys, before we get to the interview, I want you to check out our Rebel News store. It's Christmas time. Whether you like it or not, you need to get your loved ones some gifts. You can get cool winter toques like this. We have hoodies, t-shirts, and many other items. Check out rebelnewsstore.com. Now have a listen to Curtis's story. My name is Curtis Wilson. I'm 53 from Toronto. I grew up here. So it's my fifth year working for the city parks and forestry department. Right now I'm a custodian here at Palmo Park Community Center. I'm expected to go get both doses of the vaccine. So I'm actually suspended for six weeks, six weeks without pay. What was the process like leading up to that? So you said some of your colleagues were called into the room one on one. Ultimately, you were called uh, into the room to have a discussion with your superiors regarding the vaccine. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? It's actually pretty insane, really, because uh, I kind of flew under the radar. This process started on the 1st. Now we're on uh, November 29th. So when it started on the 1st, all my friends working at the city around me, they were being let go. They were being let go. And the process is you come in a room and you have a union representative there. And I guess the person in charge of enforcing the whole vaccine policy, they're there and they give you a letter. And to make sure that you receive the letter and understand, they give you the letter, make you read it, and then they read it out to you to make sure that you fully understand you're being suspended, sent home without pay. Then the letter is filled with words like uh, misconduct and jeopardizing health and safety and being insubordinate. So all this is happening. And to me, it seems like the medieval times where you have the king and the knights and the squires and the lowly peasants are coming in here and begging the king for their jobs. So everybody came and they're pleading their cases and they're citing human rights violation, labor law violations, and not just hearsay, facts, documents. And they're just bulldozing and powering through and ignoring everything. They put these, you know, lighthearted and cheery messages. Oh, the city now has 98% of the employees vaccinated and 
97, 98, 99, as if we're just slowly coming around and realizing, oh, no, there are people opposed to this and they are not putting this in their body. They're making that free choice. And this is the result. Locked out, your job, your source of income taken away from you and dangled in front of your head. Oh, well, take the jab or lose your money, your source of income and your means of survival. But you had a choice. There's been zero support. So they send in a union representative and they claim this union is here to fight for you. No, they are mildly concerned. They're taking a vested interest. They're paid to do a job. So they go through the motion. But are they really fighting? Fighting? They're vaccinated. All the union reps that are quote unquote fighting for us are fully vaccinated. I remember in the summer, they showed up to our yard to tell us that this policy was coming. And they opened up the meeting by saying, well, by now, all of you should be fully vaccinated. That's how you open up the discussion and then turn around. Oh, by the way, we're here to fight for you. Come on. But they are doing something. And apparently there's an arbitration going on within the next week or so. And then they're going to decide whether or not they're going to let us uh, use the rapid test kits or no. And continue on with the process of people losing their jobs. Here's the real irony. So, like I said, I've been working the city for the past five years, parks and rec. So in the height of the pandemic, during the lockdown, when everyone was trying to get a grip of this, I was out there in the parks, walking through the encampments. A lot of the jobs were cut. The only thing left were cleaning bathrooms. So myself and another partner were cleaning public bathrooms in a pandemic. No problem with that. They had nothing to say about health and safety. They give us masks and gloves. So I, we did that during the pandemic. That was fine. Now I'm at a community center by myself. There's only, it's a seniors community center. So all the programs have been cut except for one yoga program, which got cut two weeks ago. And they had a vaccine on Friday. So from Monday to Thursday, nothing going on. I am by myself. I come, open it up, sit here by myself all day, do a bit of cleaning, close up and leave. I don't see anybody. If you had a message for John Tory, Doug Ford, people that are supporting and enforcing these measures, people that say, just get vaccinated, what's your message to them? So you're forcing people out of their homes, dangling the jobs in front of their heads, forcing them to homelessness, resort to crime, poverty, using our jobs dangle over our heads the threat of firing us to take a vaccine that is not going to disappear and citing health and safety. And I don't expect less from the government. That's not what shocks me. Why is everybody sitting back and letting this happen? So as of yesterday, I've been officially suspended without pay. And within that six weeks time, I'm expected to comply and get fully vaccinated. If I don't after the six weeks, I've officially lost my job. All benefits, pension, no EI. Let's see what happens because they told me I've been suspended. I said, no, I haven't because this is not legal. I'm coming to work tomorrow. They said, oh, no, you're not. I said, oh, yes, I am. Well, if you come, you attempt to go, go inside, you'll be charged with trespassing. I said, can't be charged with trespassing. If I still work here, 
we'll see. I said, okay, we'll see. So here I am and we will see. As expected, they've changed the lock. They put a lock box up there, so I don't even have to attempt to try and go inside. I've officially been locked out. So the suspension process has started, been locked out of my work, six weeks to become fully vaccinated, which I will not comply. We're gonna see what happens because after that six weeks, I've officially lost my job. There's another example of an honest, hardworking, taxpaying Canadian who's being left out of work for not disclosing his vaccination status, for not submitting to these ridiculous mandates. Now, here at Rebel News, we are doing everything we can to fight back against these mandates. If you can, please donate at fightvaccinepassports.com. If you're not in a position to donate, please consider signing the petition at novaxpassports.com. For Rebel News, I'm Lincoln J. Like I said earlier, guys, we are doing everything in our power to fight back against these mandates. If you want to help Canadians all across the country who are being discriminated against because of their vaccination status, please consider donating at fightvaccinepassports.com.